What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. We've added a lot of features into our draft guide over the last couple of days. You guys can find them all on your Twitter feed at EthosFantasyBB and also at SportsEthos.com where you can get everything right at the source. Now today, we are, well, we've done team previews the entire week. We're going to mix it up a little bit today and we're going to do a mock draft. And I know we've done a, a bunch of mock drafts so far. This one's going to be different than what we've done up to this point. We're going to be doing it over on ESPN. And I haven't done any ESPN stuff really at all. I've briefly looked at their ADP data, and it was like a week ago. So this is going to be kind of a new thing for me. I played in some ESPN leagues over the last couple of seasons. I haven't signed up for any so far this year yet. Maybe we'll get into one or two. I'm not a huge fan of the platform overall. I wish they did a little bit more uh, for their baseball product in general. There are some things not to like. They've changed the way that they're the rosters are going to look this year as well. There's going to be some some interesting weirdness uh, on ESPN, and there's also the fact that their draft boards are a lot different typically than where you're going to see uh, ESPN, Yahoo, and NFBC, and CBS, and Fantrax. They're all going to be generally close at the top, and then it starts to really change as you go farther down the board. And of course, like every single league if you're playing in multiple leagues on multiple different sites you really need to be doing a couple of mocks beforehand because it's really uh, it's really an odd situation when you're used to drafting you know strictly nfbc teams then you go and draft a yahoo team or if you're drafting strictly on you know espn and wherever whatever example you want to use if you're switching over sites it can really mess up the way that you're viewing, you know, I should take this player here. I should take Dalton Varsho in the second round because that's where he's going in NFBC drafts. Well, that's not where he goes in other drafts and Yahoo and ESPN and wherever else he's going a lot farther down the board because those are mostly one catcher leagues. And that's just one example of it. So this draft's going to begin in just under a minute. I am the first pick here. I am drafting first. I was thinking about mixing it up a little bit, but I haven't actually done a mock draft from the number one overall draft slot yet. So this is a 12-team Roto mock. It's called their expert mock because they have expert ones. They have beginner ones. I went into what was probably going to be a little bit more challenging, um, but we're going to take a look and see what value I have here. My first overall pick is going to be Jose Ramirez. He's going to be the guy that I <clears throat> that I do take first overall here. Uh, I've talked about this a few different times. I, I like Jose Ramirez probably as my number one. It's either him or Acuna. It, it's pretty close, but I'm going to go with Ramirez here and kind of just mix it up a little bit because we're still figuring everything out. I mean, we're, we're getting close, and that's the music there from the draft as we're getting started here. But we're getting close to the season, uh, still figuring things out. But I do I, I do want to take Jose Ramirez first here just to, to, to see what that build will look like. So Jose Ramirez at the 101 is who I'm taking here first overall. Now we have some auto picks. We have some uh, actual other managers in this league as well. So it shouldn't take too long the way that we're looking at, you know, mostly, uh, well, it's not mostly, it's a pretty even split actually between auto picks and actual managers. But the board so far, Jose Ramirez, Trey Turner, Aaron Judge, Julio Rodriguez, Ronald Acuna making up one through five, Shohei Otani at six, Kyle Tucker at seven, and Juan Soto at eight. Now, I think a lot of the time, Otani probably should be number one on this format, depending on how you look at it. But he's like, if you look at last year, and specifically for points, um, he is somebody who is going to score a lot more generally than most players are. He's probably the guy I, <clears throat> I should have taken that one. 
I just took Otani at one in another mock recently, and I took him at one in TGFBI as well. So I do want to mix it up a little bit, have some different team builds. But Otani, pretty clearly, I think is the is the best available player for the most part on this on this format here. Now I'm back up here at the end of round two, beginning of round three. It's a very different draft board than what I am used to. The ADPs are very different here. But I think I'm going to go and I'm going to take a pitcher and I'm going to take a position player. I'm going to go Jose Altuve. And then I think I am going to go with Carlos Rodon. Those are going to be my next two picks. <clears throat> Rodon and Altuve, I think, are, are going to st start going up a little bit more than we've already seen them go up in draft season. They've started to get more expensive, and I, I expect that that will continue. Specifically with Rodon, you were getting him in like the fourth round earlier in draft season. He's going to be generally in the second round. Jose Altuve, kind of the same thing. Uh, people are realizing how bad second base is, and they do want to secure that earlier on uh, than, as opposed to waiting for a while. So Ramirez, Altuve, and Carlos Rodon here are my first three picks. Now, I'm picking at the, at the turn, so I do have a bit of time here to like go through the other picks that players have made. After me, after my, my two picks there, it was Trout, Arenado, Lindor, Woodruff, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, Marcus Simeon, Shane McClanahan, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. Uh, it's a very different kind of draft board than what I am used to here. Aaron, Shane Bieber's ADP is 28. Like, it's very high. Kevin Gosman is 36. Bregman is 41. There are some, there's some strange ADP numbers here. Now, I'm back up on the clock here. I think I am going to take Kevin Gosman. I, I think I'm... I'm Thinking I do. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Kevin Gosman. And then I'm also going to go with Edwin Diaz, I think, here as a, as a very solid closer option. Now, he's not my number one. He's my number two. But we're, we're figuring out this draft board here and trying to figure out where players are going generally. You're getting Edwin Diaz probably a little bit later than you should uh, if you're talking about the beginning of the fifth round, end of the fourth round. This is a 12-teamer. You know, I don't know if it's going to happen so often in your drafts, but if you're getting Edwin Diaz – Close to pick 50, I think that's a great deal. Kevin Gosman at 48, I think that's about where he should be going. He's typically going like in the 50s, mid-50s, early 60s, but I have no problem reaching up a little bit. He's one of my guys for this season. Uh, I, I'm all in on him. Now, looking at the rest of the draft board, how it's gone afterwards, I'm not a big fan of, of the way it's going so far. It's just a little bit strange. The value is very different than what I'm used to seeing, which is a big reason why I'm hopping into this as well. And I know... There are a lot of people out there who do play ESPN. Even though it's not my favorite, I do want to walk you guys through generally what's going on. So Alex Bregman, even though his ADP is 41, we're still we're here in the middle of round six. He hasn't been taken. Hugh Darvish's ADP is 56. He has not yet been taken. <clears throat> There's a couple of guys that people are generally staying away from, it looks like. Now, Alex Bregman here at the end of round six looks like a pretty good deal, but there are a couple other positions that I do want to take care of. I'm going to take George Springer as one of my outfielders. I think that that is a pretty safe pick, even though he is a little bit injury prone. He played 130 games last year. So I'm going to go with George Springer. And then for first base, I'm going to take a first baseman here as well. I'm going to go with Jose Abreu. So I'm liking the way that my team is working out for a 12-teamer here. There's a lot of good players available. And that's, that's kind of a thing with ESPN too. The value is really skewed. If you're used to drafting on another format, I, I would argue that ESPN's ADB, ADP is the farthest behind generally the, like the way it should be going. Um, ESPN's is the farthest from, not accurate because it is accurate for that site, but I think it's the farthest from what it should be in terms of actual player value this season. <clears throat> there, are some, there are some definite weird ones here. Bregman's ADP being in the 40s is very strange. He's still sitting on the board. Uh, so in this particular mock, he is going to fall. He's going to fall probably into you know, 
we're getting close to pick 100. I wonder how far he actually will fall, but we're at 85 right now. And he just gets taken here uh, at 85. So uh, that's probably where he should be going generally. Uh, it was probably a little bit high on the ADP. There's other ADPs here. Like Jake Cronenworth is going inside the top 100. As much as I'm a Cronenworth guy, and he's one of my guys for this season, I'm not taking him there. I think that's very early. Pablo Lopez is going just outside the top 100. That also feels very early here. Anthony Santander, Stephen Kwan, their top 85 picks. I, I can't see it. I really can't see it right now anyway. Uh, maybe at the end of the year we'll look back and that'll be fine, but I, I don't personally see it. Now, I'm going to take another relief pitcher here. He is very undervalued on ESPN, just off the look here. Uh, Rizel Iglesias at 102.5. That's his ADP. I'm happy to get him here. Uh, at the be- at the end of the eighth round, the eighth ninth round turn, and now I need probably another starting pitcher. And I think at this price, uh, I think Blake Snell does make sense here. So I'm going to take Blake Snell. The other starting pitchers available, like in this current range, Logan Webb, uh, Nestor Cortez, uh, like I said, Pablo Lopez. Not the most exciting little range of starting pitchers. So I'm very happy there uh, to get Blake Snell. I think 97 is maybe a touch high, but. You know, you do have to adapt a little bit when you're playing in different formats. As much as you can kind of follow your gut and go with generally, like, you know, you can look at NFBC ADP numbers, try and follow along, especially once we have main events going on, you can use those ADPs and say, okay, this is where someone generally should be going. This is what the people who are throwing a lot of money on their tournaments, this is what they think. And those people, they're not always going to be perfectly correct, but a lot of the time you're spending a lot of money on an entry fee you're going to be paying a little bit more attention than the average person. So I'm back on the clock here. It is pretty quick. There's two other actual people, but they've they've picked very quickly uh, in this draft. So I'm up here in round 10. I'm going to take Chris Bryant. He had a nice home run in spring the other day. I think that we've been generally undervaluing him quite a bit. And I think Chris Bryant does make a lot of sense around pick 120 or even a little bit ahead of that. Now I need another player here. Jake Cronenworth's starting to get a little bit more interesting, but I think it's still probably too early here. Um, Yoshida's interesting. I've got 10 seconds left on the clock, and I'm going to take Yoshida, even though it's probably a bit of a reach here. Uh, based on you know my needs, I need another outfielder. I've got my outfield pretty much set up here with Springer, Bryant, and Yoshida. It's a little bit earlier than he maybe should be going, but I don't think it's egregious. I do have him as a top 30 outfielder. Again, you need to adjust to different ADP boards because they are going to be vastly different across different sites. So you might not want to take somebody until a little bit later on on a given site because they are more of a value there. If you really want your player, you might have to pay up more depending on your format. Yoshida is not going quite that high in NFBC drafts. It kind of varies a little bit. He's going inside the top 200. I think it's like 180 or so is his ADP. But I am willing to jump up a little bit. If you look at his projections, they're projecting like 30, 40 games missed with still fantastic numbers. I don't really see a need to project 30, 40 games missed from Yoshida. I think he'll play most days out there in Boston, and I think that we could see him smash through the projections. So I don't really have a problem with reaching up a little bit for him here. I like my team. I like what I've done so far. Ramirez, Altuve, Rodon, Gosman, Diaz, Springer, Abreu, Iglesias, Snell, Bryant, and Yoshida. I like that. I like what I've done so far. I don't like how Yahoo has kind of, or not Yahoo, excuse me, ESPN has kind of changed the way that their layout looks a little bit too. It's a little bit strange, but eh, it's okay. It's not the worst. The technology's not terrible, but it's fine at the end of the day. Um, looking at catchers, though, you can really wait on catchers. You do not have to reach up the board. So I'm going to continue to not take a catcher. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Bassett here with one of my picks for sure. Uh, I like him as much as any other pitcher who's remaining on the board here. 
Now, you need three outfielders, a shortstop, no, is one utility spot. We're getting to the point where I'm interested in Jake Cronenworth a little bit here. I don't really need him position-wise, though. And something I've done, again, is I've kind of waited a little bit too late on shortstop. I can continue to wait, though, because there's not much of a pressing need there. Um, I think at this point, I think Charlie Morton is my guy. Uh, I think it's maybe, again, a little bit early. Still trying to figure out the ESPN draft board. Uh, but I think overall, when you're talking about paying a price that's like 150 ish for him, for Charlie Morton, I don't think that's that bad. I think he might be going a little bit later if you're talking NFBC drafts. But I, I think there's still some juice left in the tank for Charlie Morton. I have no problem having him here as my, was he my fourth starting pitcher? No problem there at all. Uh, is he my fourth starting pitcher or is he my fifth? Rodon, Gosman, Snell, Bat. He's actually my fifth. So that's like I'm totally cool with that. I think that that's a great value on him. Now I, I kind of need a catcher. I need a shortstop as well, but there are some names that you can wait on here if you're looking at catcher. Kibar Ruiz, Danny Jansen, Cal Raleigh, all going outside the top 200. You can get Gabriel Moreno at 255. You can get Yasmany Grandal at 258. There is a lot of value to be had in waiting on catchers. They still have Yadi Molina here in the pool as well, which is interesting. Shortstop, I kind of, you know, I've been doing it a lot in my drafts. It's not taking a shortstop early enough probably. Uh, Tyro Estrada, Luis Arias, Javi Baez are still here. I am not 100% sure what I want to do for shortstop, but I don't think I really need to do it just yet. Um, I think I'm going to keep adding to my pitching pool because I think that that's the position where you start to really realize later on in your drafts and during the season that you you know you have to stream a lot to keep up. If you have better pitchers that you draft, you know it's, it sounds stupid, but you draft better pitchers, you don't have to worry about streaming so much during the season. So. Brady Singer is who I took there. I need another, probably another relief pitcher at this point. Let me see what the value is in terms of relief pitchers still on the board. Kendall Graveman is still there. Pete Fairbanks is still there. You know what? I'm going to go with Pete Fairbanks. I think this is a really good value. He's going as like a top 125, 130 pick in these recent drafts that we've been doing. TGFBI, he's going around, you know, pick 130, 125, I think even. Uh, so 170, I'll, I'll take him there. But I really, truly do need to take a catcher <clears throat> and a shortstop with my next pick here. Catcher. I wanted Tyler Stevenson. He went off the board a couple rounds ago. He's the guy I've been targeting a lot. He was my catcher that I took in TGFBI. Now, I'm thinking I'm probably going to end up with Kyle Raleigh because I can wait a little bit on him still. His ADP is not till 250. We are at the one mid-180s of the draft, 183 right now. Uh, I think I can wait a little bit farther on him. In terms of shortstop, I might just go and reach a little bit and take Ezekiel Tovar. Because I, I do think that he is going to have a great season. I think that he'll be the National League Rookie of the Year uh, in Colorado. I think that he can be a five-category contributor. And I think the price here is, is pretty reasonable. His ADP is 256. I'm going to take him here at 192. I think that it's you know, I'm reaching up a little bit, but I don't even care. Um, I, I think that he is going to be a great player in that ballpark. And now in terms of catcher, do I, do I wait a little bit farther? Someone took Kyle Raleigh, eh? Well, I probably shouldn't wait too much farther because they are going pretty quickly here. I'll go with Kibar Ruiz. I talked about him yesterday, how he's like a solid catcher two target for me in two catcher leagues at like the end of the acceptable range, probably for one catcher leagues. Uh, not like who I would necessarily be targeting going into a draft, but you never leave a draft fully happy getting every single player that you want. So I think Kibar Ruiz is totally fine to have in there. I've got my team pretty much filled out here. I need another utility slot. And I need another bench slot. They have they have cut down their rosters quite a bit this season, the standard roster, which I'm not a big fan of, personally. I prefer a little bit of a deeper draft. You draft 23, 25 rounds, as opposed to, I believe this is going to be 19 rounds. 
Uh, yeah, it's going to be a 19-round draft. I prefer a little bit deeper personally, but I mean, like I said before, and I'll talk about it a little bit after, ESPN doesn't put so much effort in, into their baseball stuff, which is unfortunate, but I've got a couple picks left. I need one utility slot and probably one pitcher. Uh, the utility slot, Luis Arise has a top 180 P. He still hasn't been drafted yet. We're at the point where he's, he's totally fine to draft, pick 210 range. Like, if he's still there, I'll take Luis Arias as my utility player, uh, get a bit of a boost in batting average, uh, a big boost in batting average. He doesn't help so much in the other categories, uh, but I'm, I'm happy to take him at this point. I think this is a fair price to pay. So Arias is my last position player. And my last pitcher here, there's a few options. I'd go Jose Barrios. I'd go Alex Cobb, Sean Manaya. Keep going down the board, and there's nobody else beyond that that I'm really too interested in. With my last pick, I'll, I'll buy into Barrios here as you know, hoping that he can bounce back next season or this coming season. It was a horrible year for him last year, and if you look at the advanced numbers, there's not much reason to have too much hope. But, man, he was never this bad. You have to expect that he will be better uh, than what we have seen over the over last season specifically because it was, it was an outlier in terms of how bad he was. I do think that we can see him bounce back here. But this is, this is my draft. We have Ruiz as my catcher. We have Jose Abreu at first, Jose Altuve at second, Jose Ramirez at third. I didn't even do that on purpose, but that's kind of funny. Ezekiel Tovar is the shortstop. My outfield is George Springer, Chris Bryant, and Masataka Yoshida with Luis Arise as the utility spot. My pitchers, I have Carlos Rodon, Kevin Gosman as my first two starters, followed by Blake Snell, Chris Bassett, Charlie Morton, uh, Brady Singer and Jose Barrios. That is my starting rotation. I got three Blue Jays starting pitchers. Looks like a homer take. Honestly, wasn't really on purpose. Uh, my relief pitchers are Edwin Diaz, Rizella Iglesias, and Pete Fairbanks. If that's the team you can build in a 12-teamer on ESPN, then you should be looking very good at the end of the season. Even though I reached up a little bit, I, I don't have any problem with reaching up where there is value. Ezekiel Tovar, I don't think he should be going that late. I'm going to pull up the NFBC data, the most recent NFBC data, and see where he is going. I think he's like in the two, like low twos or high twos, I guess, depending on how you look at it, like 220 or so. I'm going to look from mid-February onwards, and we're going to look at draft champions, which is, I don't want to do it forever, but for now, I think draft champions is probably what you can look at. His ADP is 225. If you look at like Rotowire online championships, a little bit later, 250. I, I don't have any problem with reaching up a little bit for him, though. If it's one of your guys in a draft and you feel very confident about them, especially if you're on a new site or testing out a different site. And again, this is a mock draft. This is not like perfect. This is not going to be necessarily what my teams look like or how the ADP is going to look like in a month. Um, but I think you need you need to diversify your – what's the best way to put this? I mean, not diversify – but you need, you need to know the diversity of the different draft pools on different sites. And I've said that a couple times now, but it is very important because I know there are a lot of people. And if you play on one site, then maybe it's not that important to you. Maybe you just play on ESPN. Maybe you just play somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe at that point, it doesn't really matter. But I play in Yahoo. I play in a couple fan tracks leagues. I'm going to be playing in the NFBC. I'm in four of those leagues already. And there's probably a couple of uh, CBS. I'll probably be in one or two CBS leagues by the time it's all said and done. Like, you kind of need to know generally where the value plays are. And the catchers are certainly one where if you've been following along with my content or any of the other industry content so far this year, you know that catchers are going pretty high up. Uh, and we're talking mostly in terms of offseason uh, context, NFBC, um, which is two catcher leagues where, you know, there's 15 teams, there's two catchers, 
30 catchers are going to be drafted at least, and then you're talking draft champions even more. You're talking probably 70, um, 50 some odd, 50 to 70 catchers will be drafted in the draft champions. It really changes the way the ADP board will end up looking. If you're talking about one catcher leagues, these guys need to be pushed down quite a bit. Uh, you know, Valton Varsho and JT Realmuto are the ones who go the highest. Realmuto is going in like the second round in the NFBC. He has become very, very expensive. And I understand it. I understand why people want to do it. But he's going, on average, in the most recent 17 drafts at pick 27. Dalton Varsho going at pick 38. That is strictly because they have catcher eligibility and it's a two-catcher format. In a one-catcher league, they should be going... I would say Real Mudo should be going somewhere in the 50s and Varsho, you know, probably in the 60s. I think that that would make the most sense. Let me see what the Yahoo ADP is. We'll just kind of compare them all uh, right now because I'm, I'm rather curious. Yahoo MLB ADP. Uh, it, I'm not really sure what these numbers are going to say, actually, because they bounce around a lot on Yahoo. I think they base the early numbers off of mock drafts a lot so real mudo is going at 45 and varsho is going at 70 that's about what i thought varsho is going in the same range as sal perez will smith a little bit ahead of adley rutschman it does like the general order of the catchers is pretty similar if you're looking yahoo if you're looking nfbc espn but the price that you're paying is so important to, to be cognizant of because maybe some people who have been paying a lot of attention to nfbc content They'll take Dalton Varsho in the third round of your 12-teamer. Or they'll take Real Mudo at the second, you know, end of the second, beginning of the third, 25th, something overall, 26th overall. That just creates value later on down the board, unless everybody, of course, just starts tripping over themselves to pick catchers. But that does create an opportunity where there is going to be more value later on for catchers, in my opinion. Like, the only other way that works is, like I said, if everybody sees you take catchers early on and they all start taking catchers early, sure, let them let them do that. But... Somebody else takes a catcher in the second round when that player probably shouldn't be going there. That just pushes everybody else you know, one spot farther down the draft board as opposed to where they probably should be going. You'll get some discounts on some players that you might otherwise have not gotten. So I do think that that is the main one there. Catchers definitely have different ADPs from, from different sites, and relief pitchers tend to as well to some degree. Now, I was able to get Edwin Diaz in the 40s there. If you're looking at Yahoo, his ADP is 29. That's probably closer to where it should be. If you're getting him outside of the first three rounds, whatever size league you're in, if he's outside of the top 36, 30 to 36 picks, you know, you're talking 10 or 12-teamer there, he has become a huge bargain. And it's the same thing with Classe. You know, if you're looking at Romano and Hayter on Yahoo specifically, they're going in the 50s. Uh, Hayter actually 49 and Romano at 50. I think that's really good value specifically on Hayter. Romano, I think it's I think it's fine. But Hayter at that price, like there are certain things, there are certain trends that you pick up on. And we'll have to go through a couple of these mock drafts. We'll do another one next week. We'll probably do another ESPN one next week. Or maybe we'll do a day where we do like multiple mocks, one after the other on stream. And maybe we'll live stream it just so you guys can see the boards up. But it does really change your outlook on a draft depending on where players are going. And I think that you need to know that. I think that that is something that a lot of people play, you know, one league here, one league there. And you might lose sight of, of your draft board who you should be taking at a certain price. And I do it on myself. I just did it there in that draft. There's certain players I probably took a little bit early. Some I probably took a little bit too late. Like Charlie Morton was probably taken a little bit too early by me. Let me see where his current ADP is right now. Um, where is he going? 158, actually. I didn't reach up too much. I think I got him in the 130s, 140s. Uh, that, that's fine with me. ESPN, 
I, I'm I'm disappointed in them uh, in the platform in general because they've the last year around this time they can their baseball podcast. Their content has not been the same really baseball wise. They don't focus so much on it. The fantasy industry tends to put a lot more emphasis on football content. That's what makes the most money. That's what gets the most clicks, interactions. It's understandable that they'd put their focus there. It's just kind of disappointing the way that they have squashed their baseball platform. And they're, I mean, I don't know what to make about the roster changes, really. Uh, last year, they had they you know more corner infield spots, and they had, I believe it was four outfielders instead of three. Uh, it was a little bit different looking, and I honestly preferred it. They had more bench spots, I believe. Anyway, I don't remember just having three bench spots last year on ESPN. I'm just kind of like, I'll probably play in a couple leagues there this year, but I'm generally moving away from the platform. I think Yahoo gives you a much better experience. Sorry if anybody from ESPN happens to be listening, but Yahoo gives you a much better experience. CBS does as well. Fantrax does as well. And the NFBC certainly does. Like there's just not much reason that I see anymore unless you have longstanding leagues that are on ESPN to continue to use the platform. And this is not meant to be like a, a big bashing of them. They just don't put enough effort into their baseball product to make it really worthwhile. The technology is pretty good. The way that you can sort through the waiver wire, unless they've changed that this year as well. Uh, that was pretty good last year. You can sort, you know, there's a lot of different sorting options. And it, it's not bad um, for certain things. But overall, uh, if you guys are still figuring out, you know, commissioners out there listening where you should start your league this year. I know there's some leagues that renew some people just start their league over and, you know, might lose a couple, gain a couple people. If you've been playing historically on ESPN, I'd probably think about going to Yahoo or even trying out the NFBC. There's always different discount codes they got going on. Uh, it's, a, it's a totally different kind of experience. If you guys see those colorful draft boards on Twitter that people post, I posted my TGFBI league, uh, first 10 rounds of the league last night. Uh, those are NFBC draft boards, and they have a ton of different options. They have a ton of different price points starting at like 50 bucks. I think is the lowest one. Uh, there might be, I think you can, uh, no, I think football has some cheaper ones, but I think the baseball, the cheapest one is 25 bucks. I, I would go into it, guys. I would check it out. I would, I would check out one of those NFBC 50 leagues, which is a draft and hold. You know, you take 50 rounds. It's a 12-team league, and you don't have to do any in-season moves other than set your lineup. Your, your team is your team from draft day. It's a cool way to get acclimated to the platform. You can do one of those. You can do different other champions. You can do leagues where you actually have to you know, do pickups throughout the year as well on the NFBC. There's, there's so many different options if you go to nfbc.com. Uh, they have a ton of different things. I would recommend checking it out because ESPN at this point, I'm not the happiest of campers. I think overall, too, if you look at the ADP data, the players just don't generally take it as seriously when they play on, on ESPN. Uh, there's not as much effort put into... Um, I think generally people who are playing are not putting as much effort into it. I think it's more so home league styles where you're playing with your friends and you don't go through, you know, an entire off season of analyzing players and whatnot. And then you end up with Alex Bregman going in the forties. Cause uh, I, I don't know. I really don't understand that one. That was one of the big head scratchers looking back on it though. Honestly, I, I probably should have taken Shohei Otani first overall, unless they've changed something because they did make a bunch of changes this off season with their platform. I think Otani should pretty much always be first overall, specifically in points, where you can get points from pitching side and the hitting side um, whenever he's out there. You know, uh, NFBC, you set a weekly lineup. You choose whether you want Otani to be a pitcher or a hitter for the week. If you're on Yahoo, he's two different players, and you have to draft Otani pitcher and Otani hitter separately. The hitter typically goes at the end of the first, beginning of the second, and the pitcher typically goes around pick 50, some 55, I think, recently he's been going. So it's very different. But I think for the most part, ESPN leagues, Otani probably should be number one. 
and that's probably something I should have done here today. But guys, I appreciate you hanging out. This is a bit more of a brief episode, doing a mock draft, a little bit of a mix-up after we've done, uh, not a mix-up, to mix it up a little bit after we've done team previews this entire week. If you guys have missed them, uh, you should definitely be checking them out. Yesterday, we did the Pirates and the Nationals. We combined those two together. Not the sexiest teams in the world, so there's not so many fantasy-relevant players to talk about. We did that over one show. If you go back earlier this week, we had three great guests on. Dave McDonald of Fantasy Benefits was here. He's the co-host of the Friends of Fantasy Benefits bought, uh, baseball podcast with Justin Mason. He was here talking Guardians. On Tuesday, we had our friend Sam Wershing here from the Dynasty Guru. He's also doing stuff with uh, Justin over at Friends of Fantasy Benefits. He was talking Mariners with us. And on Monday, we were joined by Show Ali of Sportsnet and the Fan 590 to talk Blue Jays. So make sure you're going and checking all those episodes out. We've done previews for every single position and almost every single team now. Uh, the only position that I have left to do a podcast about is starting pitching, and that will be next week. We will talk about that. The starting pitching rankings will also be up on the website. Go at 100, 100 starting pitchers deep, and I know that pales in comparison to like our friend Nick Pollock, who's doing, I think, 300 starting pitchers. Uh, God bless him. I don't know how he does it. I'm doing 100, and that was already tricky enough. I don't know how you'd get to 300, Nick. Truly, I think that that's incredible. Um, but those will be up on the website next week. We're going to talk about some of our picks. We're going to do some blurbs underneath of them. We're not going to talk about all 100 players, but we're going to talk about where I differ from the industry and a bunch of different cool things. But make sure you're checking out sportsethos.com. A lot of those rankings are already live on the website. Catcher is up there. First base is up there. Uh, what else is up there? Shortstop is up there. And relief pitcher rankings are up, as well as, I believe, 15 or 16 other articles in the draft guide. So make sure you're checking out sportsethos.com. I'd really appreciate it if you guys could leave us a follow at Ethos Fantasy BB as well. We just got about 400 followers on that page now. We're still building it up. Uh, but you guys have been coming along quite a ways. Uh, when the new year switched, I think we had 200, maybe. So you guys have started to come along on that page. I really appreciate all the support over there. If you guys enjoy what you hear over on this podcast, please do rate and review. Let me know what you guys are thinking. Uh, whether there's certain things you want me to see in or want me to do in season, certain things you want to see, certain maybe certain people you want to see on the show or whatever, you can DM me always at JoeOrico99. Uh, but please do go check out the website and check out the MLB tab. Recently revamped uh, YouTube page as well. So, uh, just Sports Ethos on YouTube. We got all our live stuff in there. Baseball and basketball. There's so much stuff going on at SportsEthos.com right now. I'm uh, very excited for the baseball season and all that we got cooked up for you guys. But we'll see you next week. I hope everybody has a great, safe weekend. And we will talk to you guys on Monday. But until then, take care, everybody. And cheers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.